0: Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Couch GM's podcast. We are at Ed, Ed, and Eddie. I, I mean, I'm George Kurth, along with Tyler Snyder.
1: <laughs> Butter toast, at hey. And <laughs> Cody
2: Roadcap. How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Couch GM's podcast. Just quick background on us. We're three best friends who met in college, love football, and hey, COVID's going crazy again, and you might just need an outlet, and we're here for you guys. Keep talking football, fantasy, and anything to do with the NFL.
1: Absolutely, guys. And you can expect some weekly breakdowns and predictions on our podcast. Uh, You can get some fantasy advice. Feel free to reach out to us at any time for some fantasy advice. Uh, We're going to have some bold predictions that we will most likely get wrong. And we're just going to have some fun talking football today. So, enjoy
0: and you want you to get involved on social media with us ask us some questions tell us about what you think about our picks anything you can find us on facebook
2: twitter and instagram at the couch gems absolutely and and like we mentioned on social media we post our weekly picks so let's look back in at last week it was a good week compared to week 11 uh george and tyler tied for first place at 12 and 4 i unfortunately fell to last place at 11 5 but i was able to hold on to my overall season lead over george but tyler keeps pulling away uh guys i'm a little disappointed to lose at 11 and 5 week that's a tough one that is tough but uh you know that's the way
1: the cookie crumbles Uh, this week was a little bit easier to pick it was a little more um you know a little more obvious games but i think this upcoming week is going to be a little more challenging so uh you know maybe we'll have some different outcomes
0: but Cody, you did lose, but you hit a bold prediction last week. You did say that Cam Newton would outrush Kyler Murray in that game, and he did 46-31. to Unfortunately, Tyler and I did not hit ours. The Browns only won by two points and not 20, and I said Mahomes and Brady would combine for eight touchdowns. We only got six.
2: Well, what about, you know, I got my bold prediction right. Does that give me an extra point, and then we're all just all – tied and i don't have to be punished this week you guys cool with that nope
0: nope and stay tuned on social media we will be posting cody's punishment we're not letting him get off that easy despite his bold prediction but why don't we move into some weekly headlines now and the big thing matt patricia is finally fired cody you've been calling this for weeks with your bold prediction and the week you don't call it is when it finally happens
2: hey that's just my luck You know, I was never a huge fan of the Matt Patricia hiring. I thought they should have stuck with Jim Caldwell a couple years ago, Uh, but it was time. Matt Patricia never seemed to have a hold of that locker room. His defenses haven't been really good, and that was his strong suit. Um, I'm surprised at this point in the season they just didn't play it out to the end of the year and move on in the offseason, but never too early to start on the next head coaching search. But it's the Lions, so the next one probably won't be very successful. Sorry, Lions fans.
0: Well, I mean, there was some talk about the uh, Texans situation, how they're thinking about sticking with their interim for another year just because of COVID concerns and not really being able to bring people freely into the building for interviews. So maybe they were just following that suit and they're giving their chance for an interim to impress enough to coach a season and see if he wants to stick. So I think that's why they went with it when they did now.
1: Yeah, George, and you know, the Texans, not only uh do they have the COVID concerns, but after they fired Bill O'Brien, they've actually improved. The Texans actually are starting to look like a team you don't really want to play right now in the season. And the same can be said about the Atlanta Falcons. They fired their head coach, and ever since, they look dangerous. I mean, this week, they went up against the Raiders and just destroyed them absolutely shut them down scored a bunch of points and they look like a team that might even squeak into one of the final playoff spots if they keep staying hot so uh, i think teams around the league are seeing these teams make a change and then get hot maybe that's what the lions are trying to do here
0: so you're telling me that uh the lions are going to go on a tear here and they're two games out of a playoff spot and they're going to make a push for a wild card
2: nope
0: okay just just wanted to clarify there
2: just wanted to clarify (laughs) You know, I just want to go back to, you know, you brought up the Texans and, you know, they were on a, a team that they had some tough schedules to start out. They weren't uh, up to par, but they were starting to get things going. And seemingly out of nowhere, two of their top players in Will Fuller and Bradley Roby uh, got suspended for six games after uh, testing positive for some PEDs. So that's going to shake up the Texans. And with Will Fuller, is going to shake up a lot of your fantasy leagues out there as he was the number four wide receiver on the season. And the Will Fuller situation really stinks because I heard it was a situation where a doctor
0: in the offseason prescribed him something and said that it fell into protocol and apparently it didn't. I hate seeing players or just being innocent bystanders to the protocol like that. But who knows if it was helping him? I'm not saying it was because he's always been a great player, but he's just someone that was always hurt. So maybe it was helping him stay healthy. I don't want to say that, but
2: you never know. But you just did. Right here, George is making acting. <laughs> that this doctor you know found the secret medicine to hold his hamstrings together that's what george is saying
0: but really will fuller is a big loss for your fantasy teams and it's a big loss for the texans but the good thing the texans aren't really fighting for a playoff spot or anything but don't worry we'll try to suggest some pickups throughout the rest of the show for you to replace will fuller and if you have any questions about what to do to replace him feel free to hit us up on social media and we'll try to help you out with what's available
1: All right, guys. Well, I think that's enough headlines. I think we should just go ahead and jump right on in to this week's picks. And guys, if you're listening at home, just a little reminder, I know we already said it, but we do post our picks on social media every single week after the podcast is recorded. So feel free to let us know who you would pick, who you agree with, who you disagree with. Um, But guys, let's go ahead and get into our first matchup. We do not have a Thursday night game this week because of all the COVID situations. So our first matchup is a one o'clock game and we got Detroit Lions at the
2: Chicago Bears. Yeah, good old divisional matchup. Two teams that are going in the same direction, but the wrong direction. Uh, we saw the Chicago Bears get dominated by the Green Bay Packers uh, on Sunday. Every time I can talk about the Packers beating the Bears, I will. And then the Lions haven't looked good for the last couple of weeks. But Trubisky will be the starter again this week for the Bears, but that doesn't change my opinion. I'm going to go with Detroit in this matchup. I said earlier in the season with the Falcons and the Texans, you know, that first game with the interim head coach, the team always seems to come out and play, play the best they've played all season or get really rallied behind the guy. And I think that'll happen this week and Detroit will beat the Chicago Bears.
0: I'm going to go with Cody and go with Detroit here. I'm also with the first week head coach, given a little bit of a boost, but you also got to look at, they're probably getting Kenny Galladay back. They're getting DeAndre Swift back. You got another week under um, Matt Stafford's belt from getting away from that thumb injury. So I think things are just getting better health wise for that offense and they need it to uh, compete with that Bears defense. And I
1: think they can pull it off. Trubisky did not look great last week. He didn't, but at the same time, he was also going against the Green Bay Packers. And the Green Bay Packers, whether they may not be the best team defensively, they do have a very high-powered offense. They got up some points early, and the Bears looked like they just kind of gave up, stopped playing. They assumed they didn't have a chance anymore, and they really didn't play hard. And uh, the coach really laid into the defense for that reason. I think this week the Lions are not as good as the Packers. They're not going to put up points as fast. So I think the Bears will – You know, stay motivated. I think they're going to keep fighting hard the whole game instead of giving up like they did last week. And really, I'm not sold on the Lions. Even if Galladay and Swift are back, I'm not sold that they're going to get a ton of snaps. I mean, they're two young guys uh, that are future franchise pieces for this team. And they're on a team that is pretty much out of it this year. There's no use overplaying them and risking them long term and potentially into next season. Uh, For that reason, I think the Bears are actually the better team this week, and I'm going to pick the Bears over the Lions. Well, I could see your
0: argument on Galladay because he's coming off a soft tissue injury, and you want to make sure he's back to 100%. Swift was in the concussion protocol and pretty much cleared before the Thursday Thanksgiving game, and they decided to hold him out. And he's somebody they recently named the starter, despite knowing that they were not really in a playoff chase. I think they want to make sure they get him groomed For the future seasons, you could still see him getting a good amount of snaps, I think, because your other options, Adrian Peterson, who they realized is beyond done.
2: Yeah, I just want to point out, though, that the same thing with Galladay, he still didn't practice as of Wednesday. And if the Lions can get Swift back, a thing to watch out with Akeem Hicks for the Bears is still not practicing with his injury. And we saw the Packers be able to run it up the middle against Chicago, which typically doesn't happen with Hakeem Hicks there. So Swift does come back. I think that's an even bigger boost for the Detroit Lions.
1: All right, guys. So we talked about Mitchell Trubisky uh, remaining the starter. Another team that uh, might have a starter returning as well is the Miami Dolphins. I don't know if Tua is going to be starting this one or Fitzpatrick will be
2: starting this one. Uh, Do you guys have any insight on that? I actually think that the Miami Dolphins will hold out to it again this week. I think Fitzpatrick will get another opportunity to be the starting quarter quarterback for the Dolphins, and so much so that I will even go out on the limb and I'll just get my bold prediction out of the way early in the show and say that Fitzpatrick will be the starting quarterback, and he will throw at least four passing touchdowns, and. This isn't a part of the bold prediction, but we might get it anyways. He might be rocking a pretty cool post-game outfit after a a big performance this week. No respect for the Bengals'
0: defense there. Do they really deserve much, though? No.
2: Jesse Bates does. He's playing pretty well. You're right. I mean, they have a couple guys, but overall, uh, not really. Yeah, Unfortunately, the Bengals' season pretty much was over when Joe Burrow got hurt last week. Uh, They they played with some heart against the Giants last week last week but they still couldn't pull that one off I don't see that happening again this week against Miami's even better defense I think Miami has this one pretty easily
0: I mean if they play someone like the Jets yet on their schedule I've not looked at their future schedule I might pick them but I have a really good feeling the Bengals are going to lose every game for the rest of the season because their quarterback situation is a mess now without Burrow their team wasn't really fantastic before that so definitely got to go with Miami they're still in that wild card chase and Fitzpatrick is Proved that he could keep that team in it before Tua came in. We can't forget that.
1: Okay, look, I understand that Miami is the better team in this. I'm picking Miami as well. I don't even think it's a question, Miami or Cincinnati. But betting-wise, the point spread for this is Miami's favored by 11.5. If you guys are betters, are you touching this line? Or are you giving the Bengals a chance against the spread?
0: I think the Bengals have a chance to cover it mostly because I'm not 100% sure of Cody's bowl prediction of Fitzpatrick throwing four touchdowns, and the Dolphins got it. But you could always have the Fitzpatrick-Dud game. He throws a couple of picks. He only throws one to two touchdowns. They're still, I think, without Miles Gaskin also, so the running back situation is not as fantastic. So you could see a close game, but Miami's got it. So I think I could see Cincinnati covering that spread.
2: Yeah, I think it's when you have two... I guess they're not two bad teams. Miami is doing mediocre to slightly above average this season. I don't want to disrespect them, but the two teams that are closer in talent wise and where they're at in their franchise, you know, 11 and a half points is a big one. There's not that much home field advantage. I agree with George. If I was a betting person, I would probably go with the points with the Bengals, but luckily here we just pick the straight winners and i I do, before we go in this game, want to ask you guys a little fantasy question uh, with the Bengals, in particularly the wide receivers. Uh, Tyler Boyd was having a pretty good season until Joe Burrow got hurt. Um, Is he a guy you still trust in your lineups? Are you guys benching him? I've even seen some people say he's now droppable. Uh, What are your thoughts on Tyler Boyd?
1: I wouldn't go droppable, um, but I don't think he's really startable anymore. In my opinion, I mean, T. Higgins really wasn't a bad start there for a while either, Um, I never was on the A.J. Green train, but I think all of these Bengals receivers are basically bench riders now. A.J. Green is definitely droppable if he wasn't dropped already. T. Higgins is potentially droppable. Uh, Boyd, I don't think you can drop. Got to keep him on the bench, but I would not trust any of them anywhere close to as much with Joe Burrow out. Um, I would try to avoid using them if if at all possible. Understandably with, you know, buys this week and COVID and injuries maybe you're forced to put one of them in your flex but I wouldn't feel comfortable about it
0: I mean I'm with you try to avoid him but I still think he might have a shot in some matchups and I went to look at his schedule here he's got Miami this week obviously I don't think that's a great play Dallas next week you might want to play him and then after that the only matchup I could see potentially would be Houston in the fantasy championship if you're desperate you might be able to get a decent game out of him but he's not the best option Don't drop him. You might get a game out of of him against Dallas next week, but he's pretty much a bench rider, yeah.
2: Alrighty. Appreciate the insight on that one, boys. Another team you want to stay away from is the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, and they get to take on the Minnesota Vikings this week. The Vikings are a little bit on a uh, resurgence after starting the season pretty slow and sloppy. Even Kirk Cousins is looking good. Maybe some people think that, uh, but... I don't think this is another big point spread. You know, Minnesota is favored by 10 points. I'm going to take Minnesota. This one I might even take the points on because I'm not a huge Mike Linden fan who still will be the starter. And that's pretty much all I got to say. Minnesota should go on to another victory and stay right in there with the wild card race. I think Minnesota pretty easily, too. But I do want to
0: mention I heard something today about Dalvin Cook being banged up. And it's nothing major. I don't think it's going to keep him out of a game, but they're limiting his practice time because they're saying he's getting so many carries in a game that he's just getting the, the bumps and bruises. Do you think that's going to
1: wear him down at all? Well, his name's not Derrick Henry. So uh, definitely, I think Derrick Henry's the only guy that can get 50 carries a game and still look hundred percent next week. Yeah. Anytime a guy is getting as many carries as Dalvin cook is, you're going to have the wear and tear on his body. If, if, the Vikings feel that they are in a position where uh, they need to make a push for that playoffs, that they are close, and they desperately need to win these games to get in, I think they're still going to be forced to use Dalvin Cook just as much because he is your best player. He gives you your best chance to win if he's getting 25 carries a game. Um, However, at the same time, if they make the playoffs and they don't have Dalvin Cook because they overused him, then they're out. So it's a tricky situation, and it's definitely one to monitor moving forward.
0: So I think we're going to see some limited practices from Dalvin Cook, and you might see some more 18 to 20 carry games from him, but I don't think it's going to affect his uh, production that much, and Alexander Madison's shown to be pretty good in relief. So definitely going Minnesota in this game, but I wanted to see your thoughts on that.
2: Yeah, and if you also remember back to last season at the the end of the season, uh, when they were right in the NFC North race, Dalvin Cook was a little banged up and they actually chose I don't think they're going to go this far this season, but they chose not to play him uh, the final two games and save him for the playoffs. It didn't really work out for them that season, but you know they've been cautious with him before. So definitely Alexander Madison could eat into his carries on Sunday, especially against a team like Jacksonville, who isn't the worst team against the run, but they're not very good. Uh, they're going to want to run the ball. Mattinson could get a lot of the fourth quarter carries. Hopefully you're not relying on Cook. Uh, to get you into the playoffs, from your fantasy perspective, hopefully you've already made it with the way Cook has played uh, most of this season.
1: Alright guys, well I think that's enough about that game, so we'll go on to another game that I think we are going to spend a grand total of 30 seconds on at max, and that is the Las Vegas Raiders at New York Jets. Jets are going 0-16, I'm picking the Raiders. Is there anything more that needs said?
0: Um, I think the only thing I want to mention is not about the Jets. And we want to, I want to talk about Josh Jacobs for the same kind of reason that we were talking about Dalvin cook and see what you guys think about
1: his injury status. I think it's very possible that Jacobs misses a week. I think, you know, he's your franchise guy. He's your bread and butter and you're going against a team that you should be able to beat without him. I would not be surprised to see the Raiders just bench him and ride Devontae Booker this week. Um, with Jalen Richard on the passing downs that, uh, you know, just to give him a break, make sure he's ready for next week. Don't want to push it.
2: Yeah. I think if the team is in control, they'll probably rest him this week. Um, but Josh Jacobs did come out and said, he's confident he'll be able to play Sunday. Uh, so we'll see how much swing he can do. And, you know, the Raiders are still right in the playoff hunt and they can't afford a slip up like they did last week against the Falcons uh, against a team like the Jets. If they want to be, considered a playoff team uh so maybe they do put him out there but if he does i wouldn't expect him to have the full workload and i think Devonte booker will see a fair share of the action either way and i also have the raiders i don't think anyone knew that or doubted <laughs> that but raiders win.
1: <laughs> the day one of us picks the jets is going to be a
2: crazy day that just should be your bold prediction you know it's worth it. the year's if-
1: 2022 and we're finally picking the jets right <laughs> If you pick the Jets this year to win a game, it'll immediately become the new boat, the new boldest of all time, bold prediction. I finally
0: learned how I can uh, take away my title and keep it for myself, and I'm not going to ever do it.
2: So, Yeah, I don't blame you, but that's more than 30 seconds, uh, and Tyler said we couldn't spend more than that amount of time. So let's go on to a matchup we saw just a few weeks ago with the New Orleans Saints, uh, this time at the Atlanta Falcons. And you know they played him two weeks ago. It was Taysom Hill's first start after Drew Brees' injury. He came through and pulled off a victory. The Falcons had a dominating win against the Raiders last week, as I mentioned. And but to my surprise, it seems we're all going back to the Saints. Uh guys, is there any way though that the Falcons could pull this one off? Absolutely. I mean, you know I've been heavy on the Falcons
1: all season. I mean I've heard, I think John Gruden was the one that said the Falcons are one of the best um, bad teams he's ever seen. He's one of the best teams with a poor record he's ever seen, and I couldn't agree more. I mean, Todd Gurley might be back. I'm not sure. That's another running back yet to monitor. Um, But again, Todd Gurley, Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, I'm not sure on his injury status. But it's just such a talented team. It's hard to believe that they lose so many games. And ever since they got rid of Dan Quinn, they've been playing on fire. They're coming off a game where they just put up 40 on the Raiders and and held the Raiders completely silent all game, forced Carr to have four turnovers. And now they're going against a team that has a quarterback starting that none of us believe in. We all don't believe that Taysom Hill is really that good. So, absolutely, I think the Falcons can pull off this upset. I've been so close on picking the Falcons in this one. I just feel like the Saints are the better, well-rounded, all-around team. And they're going to find a way to squeak it out. But, yeah, don't underestimate the Falcons in this one. The Falcons do have a shot, but I
0: do want to, like cool the Jets on the Saints a little bit because, yeah, sure, Taysom Hill did not look great last week against the Broncos. The Broncos were in such a weird situation not having a quarterback. Their defense knew they had to go out there and play absolutely out of their minds to even stay in the game. And I think normally when you're playing a team that's desperate like that, you're going to see at least some points where they come up big and you look bad. So I don't think Taysom Hill is going to look as bad, especially because the Falcons defense isn't as good as the Ra- the Broncos defense on a normal uh, week either.
1: But look at last week, the Falcons were coming out completely desperate. They were a bad team that was like desperately trying to win. Defense knew they had to step up because of the injuries on the offense. And like I said, they forced Carr to have four turnovers. The defense played out of their minds. I, I don't think you can underestimate that Falcons defense. I think they can play just as well as the Broncos did last week. But again, though, like the other
0: thing is, I don't know if you're really looking at the defenses in this game. Have you ever looked at the defenses in any Saints versus Falcons game in the last 10 years? No, they're in a dome. All they do is shoot out. Every game, I think both teams score 45 points every game, it seems. It's like, so I think it's just whatever offense can put up more. And I mean, even though I'm not really confident in Taysom Hill, there's some dynamicness to that offense, and they'll figure it
2: out. So, George, I just got to ask you. You said something. That kind of that kind of just you know irked me a little bit. You just said you expect it to be a forty five point shootout. Now you're not a big fan of Taysom Hill. He's not the best thrower. He's going to run the ball a lot. So how will the Saints can get to forty five? I mean, if you think the Falcons are going to get to forty five, how aren't you picking them? Michael Thomas is the best
0: receiver in the NFL, and he eats people up with short a, that's passes. A, that's a terrible take. That's um, a I, That was linebacker. not. That was not my entire take, though. Alvin Kamara could be the best receiving back in the NFL, could be. So you're taking a lot of pressure off of your quarterback by having these little short, easy passes in your offense built in to help open up the deep ball. Plus, I mean, running the ball does that as well. So, I mean, Taysom Hill only needs to take a couple shots, I feel like, to be able to put up a lot of points.
2: Yeah, Interesting way to look at it. You know, normally when you think, you know, 45 points uh. 45 to 40 type game, like you're talking about, you're thinking multiple big plays, not a lot of 10 to 13 play drives that even though they're passes and they'll keep the clock running, they still do eat up time. Just interesting. I thought you thought the game would go in that direction. I mean, uh, you could
0: see dink, dunk, dink, dunk, and then play action, big play. I mean, like I said, like Taysom Hill only needs to hit a couple of them.
1: I really don't see this coming anywhere close to a 45 point point game from either of them. I, I think both teams fail to break 30, to be honest with you. I think it's gonna be a lot more of a defensive game.
2: Yeah, I I think if the Falcons get to forty points, they win the game. I don't I don't think Taysom Hill is built to be in a shootout. Now, don't get me wrong, like even from strictly a fantasy perspective, I would still consider starting Taysom Hill against the Falcons defense who is below average and he has a lot of running ability and he'll get you rushing touchdowns. But that's for fantasy being a good quarterback for in the real life he's just a, another average guy out there that's a tough one I will say I kind of agree with you though on the Falcons defense uh you know maybe not being able to come away with back-to-back huge games like they did and could take a step back but still 40 to 40 that's a tough one um but you know let's let's just move on to a game you know that's probably not going to feature a lot of passing And that'll be uh, the Cleveland Browns at the Tennessee Titans. I see the Titans are favored by five and a half points. Surprised that one isn't a little bit closer, just the way these teams are built. But I'm still going to take the Titans in this one. Derrick Henry has entered December. Derrick Henry, he's already the league leading rusher. He's going to probably beat what he had last year as the league leading rusher. You know, A.J. Brown and Corey Davis are looking pretty good. And the Browns have just had two sloppy wins the last two weeks that makes me hesitate to pick them going forward. I have a question
0: for you, Tyler. All right. All right. Let's hear it. I'm, I'm sure you have a Titans calendar uh, in your house at some, some somewhere in my bedroom, right next to my bed. Instead of
1: the month December written on the top, do they have Derek Henry season written on there? You know what? I'm not going to lie. When I got my Titans calendar, I was furious that December did not feature Derrick Henry. I hope the Titans marketing department is listening. I know they are,
0: and you missed an opportunity and better do it next year. But uh, (laughs) Derrick Henry
1: season is upon us. I wouldn't even be mad if every single month of the calendar was
2: Derrick Henry. Like, that's even fine with me. (laughs) 2021 Derrick Henry stiff-arm calendar.
0: I would buy a Derrick Henry stiff-arm calendar, let's be honest.
1: (laughs) 12 of his best stiff-arms. It's going to be hard to figure all those out. I mean, Josh Norman's got to be either January or December. Uh, That's Christmas day. Honestly, throwing Josh Norman into next week has got to be Christmas day. Um, So that's got to be December, but that would be a beautiful calendar. Cody, you said that you're kind of surprised. It's not a closer game. Now I think I have been one of the bigger Brown supporters this season. I really do think they're a lot better than the media gives them credit. However, I looked more into them and I'm not a hundred percent sold on them anymore. They're, They are actually one of only two teams that have a winning record, but a negative point differential. They are 8-3, but their point differential on the season is negative 21. The only other team with a negative point differential and a winning record is the Raiders at 6-5 with negative 27. Uh, Titans have a plus 39 point differential. Now, I understand you can't just focus solely on that. It takes one or two bad games to have your point differential fall behind, but that still shows that this season they have allowed more points than they have scored. And, you know, Cody, you and I were talking about this game earlier, and the reason that I picked the Titans over the Browns, it's two of the best rushing teams in the league. Uh, You have the best rusher in the league versus the best rushing team. And the reason I picked the Titans, other than the fact that, you know, I'm a huge Titans fan, is I believe if the Titans fall behind early, Tannehill throwing to Corey Davis and... Unbelievable A.J. Brown, who doesn't get enough credit, but that's another story. And Adam Humphries and those tight ends, I believe they can make a comeback through the air. But the Browns, I don't trust Baker Mayfield having to make a comeback on his own with Jarvis Landry, Rashard Higgins, and the other crap shooter receivers they have there. I don't see it happening. That's why I give the Titans the edge.
0: Well, I'm going to go ahead and agree with you that I don't think the Browns are going to have much success passing the ball. And while I think the Titans could have success passing the ball, I don't think they're going to have to. I think this is going to be a close game throughout, grinded out, a lot of running yards. We've talked so much about running backs and top rushing offense and everything else. The two teams together averaged 320 about yards uh, per game combined. So I'm gonna go ahead and throw a bold prediction that they're even going to eclipse that, and the two teams combined are gonna rush for 350.
1: Wow, rushing for 350—that's crazy. But I could see it from Derrick Henry. So, what are the Browns gonna get in the game? Uh, maybe two, three—not
0: <laughs> hundred, just just two or three.
2: Wait, <laughs> that that was that was a good one. I was completely caught off guard guard by that. I don't I don't even know where I want to go after that. Was such a I can see that from Derrick Henry. What are the Browns going to do? You know, if Derrick Henry gets 350 rushing yards, it'd be incredible. But heck, that game might be over by like uh, two o'clock with how many rushing attempts you'd have to get to get that many. That clock would never stop.
1: Can I ask you guys a question? Absolutely. Go ahead. Okay. So my question is Derrick Henry right now needs 283 yards in his final five games total to surpass what he got last year. Now, last year he was the Russian leader, and he only needs 283 to pass that. If Derrick Henry averages around 150 yards per game for the rest of the year, which we talked about it, Henry in December is amazing. He puts up 200-yard games like it's nothing, so it is possible. He will break the 2,000-yard mark if he can average that. Now, we haven't seen a running back win MVP in quite a long time. I understand all the media hype around Mahomes and all the media hype around Wilson. A, do you think there's any chance that Henry could win the MVP this year? And B, if he did, what would he need to do? How much more would he have to show? I think just because it's a media-based
0: thing, he needs something absolutely insane to really shoot him up into the spotlight even more than he already has so i think in order for him to win the mvp he would have to break the season rushing record and it's sad to say that because he shouldn't have to but i think to actually get enough media attention to do it he would have to do that
2: i'm gonna even take it one step further you know breaking the the season rushing record would be quite a feat and would get him at least in the conversation but I don't think he has a shot at MVP unless Patrick Mahomes has, you know, he's playing the Broncos this week in prime time. He throws four picks and they lose the game. You know, he, he needs, it's almost like when you're fighting for a playoff spot and you, and you don't control your own destiny, you need other people to slip up. And for Henry to do that, he would need Mahomes or, and, and or Rogers and maybe even Russell Wilson. Now, Russell Wilson did have those two slip up games, um, was it two, three weeks ago where he had a bunch of interceptions and kind of you know made him the third person in the MVP race after leading most of the season? But I think it's going to take a lot for Derrick Henry to even get in the conversation because it's such a quarterback and media-driven award.
1: Well, there you have it, guys. A man on pace for 2,000 yards and 16 touchdowns on the season. Still might not even be in the conversation for MVP. It's sad. I wish it wasn't so... M- media driven. I also wish that other positions were eligible to win the award. Uh, Receivers definitely need to win it one of these years. There's been so many good ones in our history, but I hate to say it, but I think that's enough talk about the Titans and the Browns. So let's go ahead and move on to our last one o'clock game. Uh, Same division as the Titans. We have the Indianapolis Colts who got absolutely embarrassed by the Titans last week going against the Houston Texans who, like I said, they're starting to heat up, but they did just lose Will Fuller, which is a big loss. So, guys, who are you taking in this matchup, Indy or Houston?
2: Well, I'm gonna go with Indy. I think they're gonna have a bounce back week after getting destroyed by the Tennessee Titans. Uh, the Titans knew how to run the ball, which I don't think the Colt aren't. Sorry, I don't think the Texans know how to do. Even though they did uh, start practicing David Johnson, so he's in his three week window for- to return from IR, which could be as early as this week. With that said, Houston just can't seem to put up points. If they are going to win this game, it's going to be a Deshaun Watson has to play Superman. I think the Indy's defense, even though it did get embarrassed last week, is still near the top in defenses, and they'll be able to pull off this victory.
0: I'm with Cody with Indy, and I also agree about the uh, Deshaun Watson needing to play Superman game, and I don't think he's going to do it, especially when you look at If he wants to play Superman, he's going to be missing his favorite target, which we talked about Will Fuller earlier, and he's going to be gone. So it's going to all lie on Brandon Cooks and the tight ends who are kind of all over the place. So uh, I don't know. We might talk about a couple other wide receiver options later. Spoiler alert. But I don't think it's going to be enough for them to win the
1: game. Foreshadowing. Yeah, I'm going to go with Houston in this matchup, guys. I know it's it's crazy. I know India's. The better team. I know they are favored in this matchup, but look, we just went four, five, five matchups in a row where we picked the exact same thing, and I'm tired of it, so I'm going to pick different from you guys just to change it up. I'm going with Houston. It's a divisional game, and anytime you have divisional games, we've talked about it before, anything can happen. Weird things happen in divisional games. So I think that Houston might be able to play Superman. I think Watson is good enough to do it on his own. And I I don't know. I think Indy's going to be hanging their heads after losing the, um, the division lead last week. I think they're going to come out slow, and I think Houston's going to take the lead early and just hold on to it. I'm going with Houston in this matchup.
2: Wow, hey, I you know you have such a big lead in the picks. You you have games to gamble with, so I don't I don't hate it. Uh, before we move on though, just going back to Will Fuller was last week or Thanksgiving that you know explosive game put off. Was that his last game? And a Texans uniform. I mean, he is a free agent after the season. He will be suspended for the first game in 2021. Do you think he comes back to Houston or he finds a new home elsewhere?
1: I hope he finds a new home elsewhere because <laughs> I don't like the Texans and I like Will Fuller, so I want to root for him. Uh, I wish he would go somewhere else. Um, you know, I just really think it's going to be time for a change of scenery. He's had some big games in Houston. He's also had some duds. He had this suspension. He's had some big injuries. He hasn't been able to find the success that a guy with his athleticism really really should be able to do. So I think the best move for him is to move on. And I think the Texans are just going to continue with their rebuild, cleaning house, and just try to have an entirely new um, front office, new roster, everything next year. So uh, I think he's going to move on.
0: I agree. I don't see him personally making the decision to want to come back because you know that team's going to be a few years until it gets back from the grave because of how many draft picks their uh, coach tra- coach GM traded for Subway Sandwiches.
2: Yeah, I could see Will Fuller just saying I've had enough. Uh, but that wraps up our 1 o'clock games. So we'll move right into our 4 o'clock games here on the East Coast. And we started off with the New York Giants at the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle is big favorites. Daniel Jones might not play. Colt McCoy might get the start. You know, Seattle didn't roll over the Eagles on Monday Night Football this past week, uh, but they still looked pretty dominant. And I think they continue this week against the NFC East and get another victory.
0: I literally think it's just because nobody completely rolls over the Eagles, it seems like. They'll hang in roughly in a game and score a late touchdown to make it look closer than it actually was. But they really didn't play well. Seattle was a far better team. The Giants, especially without Daniel
1: Jones, I don't think have a chance at all. Yeah, guys, you know, I'm going to go have to go with the Seattle Seahawks in this matchup as well. I think the Seahawks are the better team. Russell Wilson has looked a little sketchy lately, and we talked about potentially Derrick Henry you know, in the MVP conversation, needing Mahomes or Wilson to have that bad game. Well, Wilson has had those bad games lately. He really he doesn't look as dominant as he did when he started the season. But all of that aside, I don't think the Giants have what it takes to compete with the Seahawks. I do still think they're going to win the division. That's not saying much. So give me Seattle in this matchup. And guys, I think that's even enough to talk about with this match because it's so one-sided. So let's go ahead and move into the next match, which we have the Los Angeles Rams- At the Arizona Cardinals, both teams coming off disappointing losses last week. And I honestly think that this is the best game of the week. So who do you guys have in this matchup?
2: Well, I went back and forth on this one until we hit record when I finally entered my submission for the Los Angeles Rams. Now, I think this matchup will be very close. I think six and a half points is a lot. I could see it's coming down to a game-winning field goal or you know a last-second touchdown to put the other team up by three, something like that. It's divisional. I think it would be very tight. But I don't th- see Jared Goff playing as poorly as he did last week against San Francisco with the multiple interceptions. I think he has a bounce-back game. I think the Cardinals are missing some guys up front that they've lost to injury over the last couple of weeks, and I think the running backs will have success. So give me the Rams in a close one.
1: Yeah, I'm actually going to go with the Rams too. I mean, I think it's really close. I think you can flip a coin and whatever side it lands on, you feel confident going with that team. Um, But I'm going to go with the Rams in this one. I just think that they have the better defense of the two teams. I love Buda Baker on Arizona, but uh, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, it's hard to match up with those guys. And Jared Goff has so many weapons that he should be able to find Somebody to get open. I think that offense should be able to move the ball. I think it's finally Cam Akers time. A little, I I don't know. It's still sketchy. It is still early, but Cam Akers looked really good last week. He might be starting to come on. If they really hand it off to him and make him the starter from here on out, I think the Rams could be a really dominant team in the NFL. Um, But especially this week, I'm going to go with the Rams over the Cardinals.
0: I will actually go to the Cardinals then. Um, I think it's really close, like you two, and I just didn't think that the Rams deserved three picks. So I think it could come down to a couple of plays making a difference, and it could be uh, the mobile Kyler Murray breaking out of a sack from Aaron Donald and hitting DeAndre Hopkins for a big play, and then Buda Baker making an interception on some ridiculous play that you don't expect because he does it all the time so I think like little like one or two little plays like that could end up you know switching the game over to Arizona so I think just because it's within the realm of possibility I have to pick them
2: hey I, I can't fault you for that one George on picking uh, that matchup but you know Tyler when you brought up Cam Akers and I think we've talked about it before the Rams running backs have been pretty well or pretty the season but a nightmare for fantasy. Now Cam Makers looked good on Sunday, but he still had the least amount of snaps out of the 3. So, as you said you you like him going forward is that because of how well he looked? Do you think they're finally going to turn it over or do you think it's just a and why why do you not think it's just uh, you know, one play cuz he did have that big run to make his to pad his stats in this better long term. I think that Cam Makers is just
1: the more athletic, and the better running back of the three. I think Sean McVay, being the offensive-minded genius that he is, he's going to find ways to use all three of them in the right situations. And with that being said, anytime you have a three-running back split, it's going to be hard to rely on any of them. I think Malcolm Brown's going to be the guy that starts getting phased out of the offense uh, almost completely. And I think that Daryl Henderson is going to get the touches close to the goal line, those power back situations. But I think, you know, at some point, you got to see the athleticism that Cam Akers has and start just leaning on him. Um, I don't think that he's a great play this week, um, but I think deep in the fantasy playoffs, I think Cam Akers could honestly be the guy to win you a fantasy championship uh, if the Rams really start giving him the reins.
0: I think something about the way this offseason shook out is what really made the of rookie running back struggle and I know back in our midseason especially we're talking about are any of them going to do anything besides James Robinson apparently and you've started to see a couple break out mostly DeAndre Swift when he finally I guess won over the coaching staff and when he got his touches he looked good so I think you're start you could start seeing the same thing out of Cam Akers so I'm with you maybe not this week but you might want to stash him because coming into the fantasy playoffs could be something
2: all right great advice boys so let's move on to uh, the Couch GM's matchup. It's not really the matchup of the week, but it's you know two Couch GM's favorite teams facing off with the Philadelphia Eagles at the Green Bay Packers. And George, I'm just going to say it. I'm disappointed in you for not standing by your team, especially after you saw Tyler end up losing the week and having to be punished because he didn't stand by his and siding with the better team in the Green Bay Packers.
0: Well, if I lose this week, I will wear your Packers jersey.
2: If you lose this week, you'll wear my Packers jersey? Okay. I like it. Wow. Know, he didn't even say I was if you'd...
1: the uh, Eagles win and he loses. He just flat out said if he loses, he's going to wear your Packers jersey. This is nice. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, I
0: don't think the Eagles are going to win, let's be honest. So,
2: No confidence in your team. And, George, you just talked about how no one actually – rolls them over they're in no no one rolls them
0: over but i feel like it's kind of a stat padding kind of thing like you said oh two weeks ago the browns didn't really win by that much the browns were up by two scores comfortably and that garbage time touchdown drive got it within a score the seahawks were up two scores fairly comfortably and the garbage time hail mary got it within a score i feel like these stat these scores don't really tell the story of how these games have been going the eagles defense might be holding them in a game here or there but they're not playing as well as some of these
1: games or these scores are showing. Oh my God. I would love for this game to come down to the Eagles needing a Hail Mary and Richard Rogers out there. It would be amazing. Richard Rogers had that awesome Hail Mary catch uh, with the Green Bay Packers. And then he had it this past week, that one handed Hail Mary catch. If it comes down to a Hail Mary and Richard Rogers is out there, that is must see TV.
0: Oh man. I mean, I would definitely love to see that too.
2: Uh, I wouldn't because that'd be too close for comfort uh, against <laughs> the Packers. So maybe maybe let's not do that. And I'm also a little bitter because uh, in one of our fantasy leagues, I played Tyler this week. And I had Travis Fulgham because of injuries out there starting. And he had both hands on the Hail Mary ball. And instead of catching it, swatted it to the ground. And if you would have caught that, I would have won this week. So still a little bitter about the Hail Mary. Uh, But always great to see former Packers succeed elsewhere.
1: Let's not undersell it. You losing this game to me eliminated you from the playoffs. If you would have won that game against me, you're basically in the playoffs pretty comfortably. But since you lost, now you need an absolute miracle to make it. So it was even more painful to see him drop it. Not to rub salt in your wounds, but I'm rubbing salt in your wounds.
2: (laughs) Uh, I see that. I don't like it. I don't appreciate it. I thought this was a show against George, not a show against me. Oh, you're right. Uh, but I see the. Th- uh, no, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Bit.
1: I can I can handle this. We can keep doing that. Oh, don't worry, because this week in yet another league, another one of our even bigger leagues. I play George this week. And if I beat George this week, he is eliminated from the playoffs. He needs to beat me to make the playoffs. So uh, don't worry. This could be back to back weeks of rubbing salt in the wounds of you guys.
2: Well, let's just keep rubbing some salt in the wounds. Uh, you know, we talked about Carson Wentz not having the best of season this year, and everyone in the media seems to say it's time for Jalen Hurts. Uh, but guys, what are your thoughts? Is it time to bench Carson Wentz? No, it's not time
0: to bench Carson Wentz. Um, I actually saw um an article earlier this week that really made an interesting connection between Carson Wentz and Derek Carr. Not saying Derek Carr is fantastic, but Derek Carr is at least good enough to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. He's not definitely worse than some backups out there. But Carson Wentz and Derek Carr have had a very similar career path. Like, people forget Derek Carr was, had some, I think it was 24 touchdown, eight interception season in his second or third year. Not that he was really a major MVP contender, but you can compare that to Carson Wentz's MVP season before he got hurt. Derek Carr ended up getting hurt late in that season. Hasn't didn't quite look the same for a few years. John Gruden kind of resurrected him a little bit. So I think if the Eagles bench Carson Wentz for Jalen Hurts after everything that has happened with the Nick Foles, with drafting Jalen Hurts so high for no reason, you're basically saying Carson Wentz is absolutely done in Philadelphia. And while some of the fans might be ridiculous and say that that might need to happen, we all know this is not all Carson Wentz's fault. Carson Wentz has receivers who aren't reading defenses the same way that he he is and the way they should be. He has no offensive line. I could not stand hearing the commentary on Monday Night Football when everyone was putting all the blame on Wentz. And then you had one person in the booth who was like, no, the receiver didn't read that play right. No, the receiver didn't run that route the way he should have. The timing's all off. It, it, you can see the split if you just listen to one media outlet to another. You're going to see five guys saying Wentz sucks, and you're going to see the one guy who actually knows what he's talking about with quarterback play who's saying there's no help for him. So I don't think the Eagles should go up on Wentz forever, and I think if you bench him for Hurts, you're saying you're going up on him forever.
1: Well, George, I personally don't think you ever want to be compared to a quarterback who looks like that evil kid from Toy Story, Sid. Um But at the same time, I do agree. (laughs) He really does, though. He looks exactly like him. It's scary. Um, Anyway, yeah, I I do agree with you. That was one of the most painful games to listen to. It was just frustrating that every single play, he was just trying to find a way to bash Carson Wentz. There was even plays where he was like, "Okay, that one was the receiver's fault," and then a few seconds later, be like, "But at the same time, Wentz could have thrown a better ball." And it's just, it's so frustrating to hear. Um, I. Didn't even care about that commentator enough to figure out who he was, what his name was. Um, don't care. At the same time, I think the Eagles need to decide who their future is. If Carson Wentz is your future, you keep playing him. You try to f- figure out what the issues are. Don't worry about going for the playoffs this year. Worry about fixing his mechanics, uh, getting on the track with the young guys like Jalen Rager that are going to be there for years to come. Travis Folgum if he's going to stick around and, that should be your focus. If you think that Hertz is your future and you are moving on from Wentz, then it's time to start Hertz. Pick who your future is, decide that now, and move forward with that guy.
2: Well, unfortunately, due to the salary cap, you know, Wentz, Wentz was definitely in Philadelphia, at least next year, if not more. Next year, if he was to be cut or traded, he'd have a fifty-nine million dollar dead cap hit, Ooh. which is with this cap already going down that definitely won't happen. So he'll definitely be there next year. I agree. The hurt stuff that has to stop, they have to put full confidence in hurts. And I also think they need to start, you know, instead of blaming everything on Wentz, look at how the team has been built. Uh, They mentioned the one good thing they did mention the broadcast, which was almost jaw dropping was the Eagles haven't drafted a single pro bowler since 2013. Unbelievable. Like you can't build a team with free agent acquisitions and nobody developing from your draft pool you know maybe it's time for all oh, right forgot the GM's name Hi, maybe really it's fun. time for him to move thank you maybe it's time for him to move on you know you ne- you rarely see a coach who's won a Super Bowl have such a short leash but we've said we've talked about it all season dougie P has made some questionable calls we've seen his su- assistants succeed elsewhere and it makes you question whether it was really him behind the offense during that Super Bowl run or his assistance with him just at the helm. Maybe it's even time to get a new face, new voice in that locker room, you know, but they have Wentz they're going to have Wentz. They need to stop with this hurt stuff, but it doesn't seem like it's going away because of where they drafted hurts. So, but that's enough Eagles talk. You know, we didn't even talk much about the Packers, but they're, they're really good guys. They're really good. (laughs) Just make sure we have to get some more Packers talking there. I won't call them trash this week. Don't worry. I appreciate that. So let's talk about uh, another team in the New England Patriots at the Los Angeles Chargers. You know, this one is a very close matchup. It's earlier in the week. It was a pick 'em. Now the Patriots are one point favorites. Like I'm going to take the Chargers, but I have like zero to little confidence in it because I just feel like it's going to come down to two minutes left. The Chargers are driving and they're going to mess up their fourth quarter drive and the Patriots will win the game but I'm still going to pick the Chargers and hope and pray that they finally figure out how to win a game in the fourth quarter this week.
0: I feel like it's probably dumb because the Patriots have been better. And I figured when I was picking the Chargers, I was going to be the only one. So thank you, Cody, for joining me, but I'm going to jump back on the bandwagon. I'm going to pick the Chargers and I'm going to sit here at my TV at four o'clock and pray just like Cody is.
1: Yeah, I'm going to, Take New England in this one, guys. New England's favored. I don't love the pick. I really don't love New England. And I really do like the Chargers. I think Justin Herbert, arguably, it is a debate for another time, but I think he might be the most exciting rookie quarterback this season. More than Tua, more than Burrow. And. I don't know. I really like the Chargers. They have a lot of weapons, especially with Eckler back. At the same time, they are so good at losing games. They have been studying some Atlanta game film, and uh, it is really working for them because they are doing great at blowing fourth-quarter leads. And I think with that being said, when you go against a guy like Bill Belichick, he's going to find ways to beat you. You have a team that's really good at losing against a coach that's really good at finding your weaknesses. I think that gives New England the edge, and I'm going to pick New England in this matchup.
0: Something Tyler kind of brushed over there, Austin Eckler's back. We thought he might be limited last week. He ended up being pretty much a full go and looked really good. If you sat him in your fantasy leagues anywhere last week, you don't have to worry about it. Put him in, start him with confidence,
2: have him ride you through the fantasy playoffs. If you made the playoffs with how long Eckler's been out, that was a tough guy to replace. Uh, but hopefully you did. So let's move on to you know a team that if you have any of these players from the Kansas City Chiefs, you're probably in the fantasy playoffs. Because the Chiefs are rolling, their offenses are rolling. They're going to get the Denver Broncos, who should have a quarterback and not a practice squad wide receiver. But I still don't like the Kansas, or I, I love the Kansas City Chiefs. I still don't like the Denver Broncos in this one. Chiefs by 14 seems light, but it is divisional. So maybe Vegas knows what they're doing, but Kansas City should have a pretty easy day with this one.
0: Are you guys as disappointed as I am that after you saw how Holton played last week, they didn't give Jerry Judy the chance he was begging for on social media to play quarterback? I was not disappointed. Jerry
2: Judy was banged up, and uh, I think it was smart not to put him back there and take unnecessary hits. He's a a bright young star in this league, so let the practice squad guy go, and they probably weren't going to win the game with Jerry Judy or Drew Locke, to be honest, so I don't mind them not doing it at all.
1: Yeah, guys, um, I'm picking Kansas City. It's not anything shocking it's pretty much like picking against the Jets at this point it's just a gimme that Kansas City will win I am praying that Pittsburgh loses a game because Kansas City deserves that first round bye and again at the same time Kansas City having an extra opportunity in the playoffs to lose a game would be really nice I guess I'm kind of torn there but I think that's enough Kansas City talk. That is your Sunday night football game. I'm sorry it's not more exciting. Um, It might be exciting for fantasy playoffs implications if you have a chief because those guys are always able to put up the big points. Um, But let's go ahead and move into our first of two Monday night football games. We'll go with the early one first, which is the Washington football team against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, We watched the Steelers just beat the Ravens and it was closer than it should have been. They only won by five, and going against a Ravens team that is not only down on momentum, but they are missing more than half of their starters, uh, it really shouldn't have been that close. So I think Pittsburgh is really getting exposed lately, and Washington is playing pretty well, and they're going for the playoffs. They are right there tied with the Giants. Um, Do you guys give Washington a chance at ending Pittsburgh's undefeated streak, or are you just sticking with Pittsburgh? Welcome in. I can
2: answer for George. (laughs) Okay, go, go, go. Do it. I got this, George. George is going to tell you that I'm going to pick Pittsburgh, but once again, I'm going to tell you, I don't believe in Pittsburgh. They're not a very good team. They've barely beat opponents they should completely blow out. This team is fake. Blah, blah, blah. He's going to go on a soliloquy. I think that's the right word. I think you're right, how the Pittsburgh Steelers are overrated, uh, but he's still going to pick him because he ha- doesn't have face to faith to pick against them. Unless George, you'd like to change your pick. No, I'm going with Pittsburgh, but I am actually going to go ahead
0: and I'm going to pick three future Pittsburgh games on this podcast right now. And you guys can hold me to it. They're going to lose to Buffalo. They're going to lose to Indianapolis and they're going to lose to Cleveland.
1: Whew. man, he's picking those games. So they're
0: going dr- So that would be next week. And then week 16
1: and 17. So you're telling me if, uh, you know, some freak thing that we definitely don't want to see happen. If Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Jarvis Landry, if all of them go down, Miles Garrett, he goes down. You are sticking with the Browns to beat Pittsburgh Steelers, no matter what, because you said it here.
0: Yeah, I'll stick with it. I mean, also, you might see the Steelers benching starters at that point, but that's not the point either.
2: So you're saying Pitt loses three of the last four.
0: They're going to lose three of the last four. They're going to beat Washington this week, and they're going to beat Cincinnati in week, would that be 15?
2: Okay. And that's not even his bo- bold prediction, ladies and gentlemen. But I like I like George's confidence in how Pittsburgh isn't very good. Uh, I know we have some Pittsburgh fans out there listening, so be sure to roast George in the comment section for that one. And if you're not a uh, Pittsburgh but... fan,
1: feel free to roast George in the comment section anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yes, that's always acceptable here on the couch, DMs. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, though, did lose another defensive piece. Bud Dupree did tear his ACL They actually announced it pretty quickly after the game. So tough loss for them. I don't think it'll be too big of a loss this week against Washington, although they have played well. Washington isn't on the quite of the same level as the Steelers. Uh, but that could be a big loss going forward and into the playoffs.
0: So before I get myself in any more trouble with this Pittsburgh team, I think it's about time for us to move on to the late Monday night game. So we have the Buffalo Bills traveling to the San Francisco 49ers. I am going to go with Buffalo here because I've had the confidence in Buffalo all year on like Pittsburgh, and they seem to be rolling on along. I understand San San Francisco seems to be better lately and who doesn't seem to be better in that division out there in the NFC West, but Buffalo is a different kind of level still. So give me Buffalo.
1: I agree with you, George. I'm going to go with Buffalo in this matchup. I think they are the better team. Uh, I think they're one of the best teams in the AFC right now. Uh, I don't think you can sleep on this team, which I think a lot of people are. You talk about the AFC and you talk about the Kansas City Chiefs, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Um, but really I think Buffalo's underrated. I think they're going to win this game, and I think they're going to make a deep playoff run.
2: Well, I could see Buffalo making a deep playoff run, but that doesn't change my opinion. I do think they will fall to the 49ers this week. Now, maybe it's just because I'm a huge fan of Kyle Shanahan, even though he beats the crap out of the Packers pretty much every time he plays them. And I'm a huge fan of Debo Samuel, who came back last week and looked like he wasn't even hurt. I think they are able to get it done. I think it will be interesting, though, that this game will actually be played in Arizona. Because of COVID, they can't even host the games in uh, Santa Clara anymore. So, throw out I mean, there wasn't really home field advantage, but throw that out anyways. But at least they are familiar in that stadium. I think San Fran has just enough to pull off a victory. Josh Allen could struggle. Now, watch, he'll throw, he'll run for like four touchdowns because I said that. But I think Josh Allen will struggle a little bit. Their defense is getting healthier. And I even go out on a limb and saying that. I'm not even opposed to streaming the San Francisco 49ers defense in fantasy wow. this week because I think wow. I, I don't see the bills putting up a lot of points. Is that your bold prediction there? I don't know. That's pretty bold, but well,
1: I mean, he's just saying I don't have anything against streaming them. That's not really a bold prediction, but it is still yeah. pretty bold. But Cody, you mentioned Debo Samuel. So I'm going to propose a question to you. Um, Brandon Ayuk was one of the most exciting receivers this season earlier on when Debo was out. And then he landed on the COVID list right around the time Debo comes back. And then Debo looks like one of the most exciting receivers in the NFL. Well, now Debo is healthy and Ayuk is off the COVID list. So he should be playing this week. Uh, Do you trust both of them? Uh, Do either of them take a hit since the other one is there? Which one do you like more? Uh, Give me a rundown of those two guys.
2: I think, I think Debo is 100% safe to play still. Ayuk uh, is probably not worth playing uh, this week. Uh, he might, depending on matchups, he might still be playable. You know, people will say you know, he'll, Debo will face Tredavious White and have the number one corner and stuff like that, which is true in most cases. But we've seen how much Kyle Shanahan has gotten Debo involved. And I look at Ayuk as uh baby Debo so like he does Debo's work when Debo's not there but Debo you know he gets all the end arounds he gets the tap passes he gets wide receiver screens. so he he's still going to get a lot of touches I'm not worried about Ayuk coming back and stealing any of those so I think Debo is a 100% a safe play this week and he should be in your lineups
0: I think this week's going to be very telling when it comes to those two, though, because you talk about them being similar receivers. There might be a chance that Debo, they, since he has more time in the system, they try to make him the traditional receiver and use Iuke as the trick play tap pass, you know, gadget kind of guy. You really don't know. It's whatever works better for their offense. Really?
1: All right, guys, as a person that has both Ayuke and Debo Samuel uh, Cody, you made me feel confident with Debo and George. You kind of, spoiled that a little bit. But I'm gonna roll with Debo, especially since it's against George and trying to keep him out of the playoffs. So stay tuned to hear how that matchup turns out,
2: guys. Um well and you know, speaking of our matchup from last week, we talked about it earlier. If I would have played Debo, like if I would have had the confidence in him that I do this week instead of Travis Volgum, I would have won that game as well. He sat on my bench. So should have been I'm a order. huge Debo fan. Yeah. Don't you just wish sometimes in fantasy like this would be a fun rule i've always thought about it each commissioner gets one mulligan for the whole season so at any time in the season you get get it only once but you can switch a guy from your bench to your starting lineup so if a guy exploded on your bench and you need him to you needed him to win you could switch it now the other guy if he had someone he can switch it in but you only get it once i think it would add such a fascinating wrinkle to the whole fantasy sport.
1: I love it because shoulda, coulda, woulda is one of the biggest things with fantasy. Every single week, you look at your bench and like, ah, oh, if I would have played this guy, I would have done this. If I would have played that guy, I would have done this. And especially with new fantasy players, I see it all the time. I know uh, each of us have our girlfriends playing fantasy, um, and they're all very, very new to fantasy. And every week, <laughs> they look at their bench and like, man, I hate fantasy because if I would have played this guy, I would have won. And it's so frustrating, even us um, couch gms is that you <laughs> <laughs> even us couch gms we still do it even to this day after playing fantasy for years and years and years there's always people that we wish we would have played the mulligan rule would be cool and you know i just want to throw something out to our listeners i love hearing these kinds of rules uh with the mulligan that leagues can potentially do. If you are in a fantasy league that has a really interesting, exciting rule, or honestly just a really interesting league that is unlike any other, let us know what it's like. Reach out to us, comment, post, whatever you have to do. Let us know your interesting league. We'd love to hear it. I love hearing about these different leagues. Um, But guys, I think that's enough about this matchup. Let's go ahead and move on to our final game. The most 2020 thing ever. We have Tuesday night football. We have the Dallas Cowboys at the Baltimore Ravens, two of the most disappointing teams in the NFL right now. Uh, who do you guys have in this game?
2: Well, I believe the timing out that if he can pass protocol, Lamar Jackson will be eligible to, to be back. Now, if he's not back, I think this game gets a whole lot more interesting because it'll probably be traced after we watched RG3 uh, get banged up on Wednesday. Uh, With all that said, I'm still going to lean Baltimore. I know Vegas hasn't even put out spreads yet. I'm sure they're waiting on Lamar Jackson. Uh, Lamar Jackson, yeah, I feel like I messed up his name, but I didn't. And I think Baltimore gets the victory. I think he'll be back. And I think Dallas just needs to, like, lose out at this point. Like, they're so banged up along the offensive line. They've already lost Dak. Their defense isn't very good. Get higher draft picks, restock, reload, and come back next year. I'm
0: going to agree and go with Baltimore in this game, especially if Lamar's back. Uh, The Ravens hanging in there against the Steelers, even though they lost after everything they went through and missing 16 players on the COVID list, that might actually give them a little bit of a boost if they look at it the right way, because this team's going to need to not win out, but essentially win out. This is one of their winnable games in the rest of the season, and their schedule actually does lighten up. And they're not really that bad. Sure, they have to get their offense together a little bit. Hopefully they can get Lamar more comfortable in the pocket and get him moving around a little bit more. Dallas is still an absolute mess. We thought we had some faith in them on Thanksgiving, and then the Washington football team came out there and exposed them yet again. They really should lose out. People are going to start sleeping on Baltimore, and Baltimore has some winnable games coming down the stretch. This is one of them. I'm going to take it.
1: Guys, you know, Dallas might pretty much be out of the playoffs at this point. I know they do still have a chance at that division, although I just I don't trust them at all. But the thing is, they are the self-proclaimed America's team. They do still have Jerry Jones as the owner who can't stand to lose. He doesn't accept it. And with that being said, I think these guys are, you know, they're still playing for a job next year. The coaches are the players are they are still playing for their jobs next year. So I think that they're going to come out desperate. They're going to try forcing things. They're going to try doing too much. The same with Baltimore. They are in a position after being the number one seed last season. Now they're on the outside of the playoffs looking in, and it looks bleak. So I think that they're going to try forcing it and doing too much, even though it is a very winnable game. So I think we're going to see more turnovers in this game than we'd expect, which is why I'm going to go ahead and throw my bold prediction on the last game of the picks and I'm going to say that these quarterbacks are going to combine for four or more interceptions I would say just turnovers but I think they're really just going to force the ball too much and get four more interceptions I've seen Lamar make some sketchy throws uh, against the Titans when I watched that game and Honestly, just all season, he's made some sketchy throws. He's gotten lucky that some of them were dropped. And the Cowboys, like I said, are going to be trying to do too much to impress Jerry. I think it's going to be an absolute crapshoot, but I am going with Baltimore to win this game.
2: I like it. Now, we all picked Baltimore, and before we wrap up our games completely, I mean, we're all going to stick with Baltimore, but let's say Lamar's not back, and it's Trace McSorley. Does that change any of your opinions, or you still think Baltimore's defense running backs can uh, carry the load and pull off a victory.
0: After seeing Baltimore's defense perform against the Steelers and knowing that you're without Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins, who I think are better than Gus Edwards, I think you can run over that Cowboys defense and beat them basically on the ground and with a couple of passes. And honestly, Trace McSorley looked better than RG3. I don't think that was really that bold of a take either.
1: The Baltimore Ravens are one of the most impressive teams uh, in the sense that typically what you want to do for your backup quarterbacks is try to model them after your starter. Um, You know, The Saints are an interesting case where they have a guy like Drew Brees, who's a pure pocket passer, and then they replace him with Taysom Hill, who's a, a scrambler, and then you have to completely change your system. So the Baltimore Ravens did a really good job of finding quarterbacks that match Lamar Jackson so that when they have to go to the backup, the system doesn't change at all. And it doesn't change at all for Trace McSorley. He is also a mobile quarterback. I think he's going to fit that system. And like George said, the Cowboys run defense is not that great. I think with all those running backs back, they're just going to keep featuring all of them and mix in some quarterback runs only throw when they have to. I think they'll be able to still dominate that game. And Baltimore's defense is really what can win them the game Baltimore's defense is way better than Dallas they'll be able to shut down Andy Dalton because he's a joke um and that whole Cowboys offense so yeah I'm sticking with Baltimore no matter what
2: all righty guys well that wraps up our week what week 13 well, I almost forgot what week it is we're already at week 13 wraps up our picks like we mentioned all the time they're on social let us know what you would have done who you think will have the winner who you think will be the loser of week 13 but before we go We have the rare opportunity to help you guys with waivers. Typically they run before our show comes out, but with all the COVID restrictions and game reschedulings, we get to talk about them because they're either going to run, they're most likely going to run on Friday morning. So we'll go real quick around the room on guys you like for waiver wires this week. And I'm going to start it off with tight end Jordan Akins. He's 1.3% owned in most leagues, according to NFL. We talked about how Will Fuller is a loss for the Texans. Sean Watson is going to need a new target. I don't think it'll be from the wide receiver position. I think it'll come from Jordan Akins. We saw him have a lot of end zone opportunities last week. He wasn't able to hold on to the ball, but I think that continues. So Jordan Akins, especially if you know this is the week where you've been starting Rob Gronkowski and you need a tight end because he's on bye, look for Jordan Akins. Yeah, guys,
1: and I'm going to go with a running back, and I'm going to go with Devontae Booker. We talked a little bit earlier that uh, Josh Jacobs does have a sprained ankle. He may miss this week. He may not. Uh, The thing with ankle sprains is they can be nagging injuries. They're really easy to re-aggravate. With that being said, if you have Josh Jacobs, definitely go for Booker as your handcuff. But even if you don't, running backs are hard to come by. You might be snagging a potential later in the playoffs starting running back or even a a guy this week that you might need to start. Uh, Devontae Booker has really been impressing when he does get his touches. He is on a team that really likes to run. They are a run-first offense, so go ahead and get Devontae Booker. He's only 2.5% owned in NFL.com leagues.
0: A guy who's a little bit more owned, but again, at the running back position that we talk about, is so banged up, and you're searching for whatever you can find. You might not find a great week out of him this week, but we talked about it earlier, and we should stash Cam Akers. Cam Akers is owned in 25.7% of NFL.com leagues, but he could end up being a fantasy asset down the stretch. You never know if there's gonna be a running back struggling in the fantasy playoffs or you're gonna have another injury or someone like Josh Jacobs doesn't come back or reaggravates. You might be able to plug and play Cam Akers and get some good games out of him. So stash him on your bench this week and watch him come back come to life in the next few weeks.
2: Alrighty, and for my next guy, you know, we talked about it through all our picks. There's multiple running backs who are iffy to play this week or might be out. So I want to pick up the old legend, Frank Gore, who's owned in about 24% of NFL leagues. You know, the guy isn't going to get you 20 points. We know that. But this week, specifically, is a week where you either need to win to get in or you can't afford to lose. And we all know Frank Gore. He's getting the touches. He's getting the carries. He's playing Oakland, who isn't a very good running defense. We know his floor is about as safe as any running back in the league for at least 10 points. Sometimes you just need to make sure you get those 10 points, and I would go with Frank Gore.
1: All right, I'm going to change it up, and I'm going to go with a receiver now. Cody mentioned Jordan Aikens earlier as being Deshaun Watson's potential target. Now that Will Fuller is out, he says he doesn't believe in the receivers doing it. Well, I disagree, and I'm going to go with kiki do you love me i'm going with kiki qt i'm he's only 0.1 percent owned in nfl.com leagues uh so he's basically available everywhere he is a speed receiver which is exactly what will fuller was so uh, just imagine him slotting right into will fuller's spot all those points that fuller was getting qt can now get those um, at the same time He showed flashes last season of being a really dominant receiver at times. He hasn't been able to show that this season because of injury, but he is back fully healthy now. He's been seeing targets the last two weeks, and I think it's only going to go up. Watson has to throw to somebody, and Watson is good. So expect QT to be a dominant receiver moving forward.
0: I'm going to go back to a guy we talked about last week, actually, and is still not owned in enough leagues, and that would be Nelson Aguilar. He has come through a breakout after being the joke of so many memes and internet. He was an internet sensation last year. He has now become probably the most reliable receiver on the Las Vegas Raiders. The matchup this week is super juicy. He's got jets. I expect Nelson Aguilar to go off this week, and you might be able to even sit him on your bench then and watch for another good matchup later on in the fantasy playoffs. Nelson Aguilar needs to be owned in more than 33% of leagues.
2: George how hard was that for you to say
0: I don't know if you could hear the pain in my voice as that was coming out especially seeing how we have Eagles receivers running routes that they shouldn't be and everything else I I don't know I don't know where he learned how to catch either but I think we should find out
2: where and have the Eagles receivers go there in the offseason I can't disagree Uh, but that wraps up our show this week so as always thanks for listening you know make sure you guys are following us on social, leave a comment or review on the podcast. We'd love to read them. Hey, if they're a good review, we'll even read them right here on, on the show uh, at another time. So as always, make sure you like, and follow, subscribe, do whatever and support the show. Absolutely guys. It's more fun for us and more fun for you. If you get
1: involved, you know, like I said earlier, let us know about some interesting leagues that you're in different rules than any other league. Let us know who you would have picked this week. Uh, Are you in a situation where you need a win to get in? Do you need some crazy kind of scenario to get into the playoffs? Or are you sitting pretty on top of the league? Let us know. It is more fun for us and more fun for you if you get involved. So please do so.
0: And thank you again for listening to the couch GMs for Tyler Snyder and Cody Roadcap. I'm George Kurth and we will see you all next week.
1: Boom.